our Western mindsets, based upon Greek educational principles, separate our lives into tiny little compartments. It's reading and writing and arithmetic. It's how we think. But the Bible doesn't work that way. Everything is connected, and that makes everything we do an act of worship. I'll prove it to you in less than 10 minutes. Welcome, Bible nerds. I'm David Jesse. I believe that understanding the Bible in its historic, geographic, religious, and cultural context helps us see Jesus more clearly, love him more dearly, and follow him more nearly day by day. Are you ready to worship? Welcome to Bible Nerds Daily. Thanks for listening. I am so excited to be back after a two-week hiatus. Um, during the break, I decided to change up these episodes a little bit. Instead of theme-based episodes, I'm going to start doing verse of the day style shows. But what isn't going to change is the lens through which we view these verses. The few minutes we spend together looking at these scriptures will be focused on seeing them in their context with the goal of helping us grow closer to Jesus. Today's verse is Colossians 3, 23 through 24. Whatever you are doing, work at it with enthusiasm as to the Lord and not for people, because you know that you will receive your inheritance from the Lord as the reward. Serve the Lord Christ. The Western mind breaks up our lives into different compartments. We have our work life, family life, our friends, our hobbies, everything has a place And in most cases, they don't interact that much. But this isn't the mindset of the Bible. The mindset of the ancient Near East saw everything as interconnected. And that makes sense since the family unit was the center of everyday life. And that family unit existed within a tribal community. You worked where you lived. Your family worked alongside you. And your family worked right next to other families who were part of the larger tribe. Now, the biblical mindset takes this idea even further. According to the Bible, everything we do is also an act of worship. Now, because everything we do is an act of worship... We must do everything with enthusiasm. Uh, This is easier said than done. Is washing the dishes worship? Uh, Getting up early and going to work? The Greek word translated here as enthusiasm is often translated as heartily or with your whole heart. It means with the very essence of who you are. This echoes the greatest commandment. You should love Yahweh your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Worshiping this way is about doing everything as if Jesus himself asked you to do it. If Jesus was in your kitchen asking you to do the dishes, would you do them with more enthusiasm than normal? Now, I'm sure we'd all agree that if Jesus asked us to do the dishes, our attitudes about the dishes would be very different. 
And it should be, because we're doing it for our Savior and King and not for another person. But that's exactly what Paul is trying to get through to us in these verses. He's saying that everything we do should be done for Christ and not for people. Every word, every action, even every thought should be seen as a way to bring him honor and praise. That means that replying to that email from a client or coworker you really don't like uh, is actually an opportunity to worship Jesus. Uh, when you swallow your irritation and respond with their best interest at heart, you're responding in a way that worships your king. the last thing that we should take from these verses. Jesus is our King. And this temporary existence is just a training ground for a new heaven and a new earth. How we live now has eternal consequences. By living every moment of every day as an act of honor and worship for our King, we are being prepared for what Jesus has planned for us in eternity. We are promised an inheritance in his kingdom. And part of me wonders if our worship through the little everyday things might have a greater impact on that inheritance than how loud we sing on Sunday or how many hours of Bible reading we've done. So the next time you're asked to do something at work that you'd rather not do or you're tempted to comment on a Facebook post that you should probably just hold your tongue about and scroll past or even uh, when you see those dishes in the sink that you'd like to put off uh, dealing with until the morning Consider it an opportunity to worship our King. Paul called the Christians in Thessalonica sons of light and the day. You know, this is some really important apocalyptic language that goes back to the Qumran community. We'll talk about that tomorrow. If this podcast is an encouragement to you and you want to pay it forward, I want you to check out a ministry that means the world to me. It's called One Child. One Child brings hope to hard places by helping children around the world who are facing extreme poverty. One Child's child champions bring food, medicine, education, and the gospel to children who wouldn't have it otherwise. And you can make a one-time donation, a recurring donation, or you can sponsor a child uh, to help this amazing ministry. There's a link in the show notes, or you can check out thebiblenerds.com for more info.
What if I told you that one of the foremost Orthodox Jewish scholars of our day believes that Jesus fits perfectly into the religious expectations of first century Judaism? Don't believe me? Pick up the Jewish Gospels, the story of the Jewish Christ by Daniel Boyarin. There's a link for it in the show notes, and it's on thebiblenerds.com. desert to await the coming of the Messiah and the war between the sons of light and the sons of darkness. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians ends with a lot of talk about the coming of the Messiah and the sons of light who are waiting for that to happen. Coincidence? Find out tomorrow. For now, just go read your Bible.